Hey guys, it's Ed, and I'm coming to you live from our temporary Drunk Gossip Studios here in New York City. Yes, I know um, this was not supposed to be a temporary situation, um, but of course circumstances changed, um, and you know, some things happen, and, but no worries, we have a permanent Drunk Gossip Studio on the way, so... Um, I wanted to um, come back live to you from the city. For first of all, I mean just just for the fun of it all, but also because um, it's been so long. So um, typically, over the Labor Day holiday, there's not really a lot of gossip going on. Um, we're going to get, we're going to take a look into the Kevin Hart accident probably tomorrow. Um, and I'm work, I'm still working out the details with Will, but I believe that um, we're going to, I, I believe that we're going to um, have Will's return fairly soon, um, probably Thursday, um, depending on how he's feeling, but for right now, um, since it was so slow over the weekend, instead of taking a hiatus like I did last year, I figured, why not do a blind item reveal episode, yay, so here we go, um, these of course come from Crazy Days and Nights. For all of the juiciest gossip, head on over to crazydaysandnights.net. This is Blind Item Revealed number 39. The whole narrative sounds pleasant and the whole experience in the photo shoot was a win-win for all involved. The thing is though, we already know the documented history of one of the band members who thought the shoot was a great idea. He is also one of the Few band, few band members who were there to watch the shoot. He is the only band member who still has every single photo from that shoot plus videos. He is also the only band member who knows what happened to the other tweens who auditioned for the shoot and then didn't get the gig after their one-on-one -on -one meeting with the band member. They don't have any good re recollections of the process. You can trot out the two stars... And they can say it was all rainbows and unicorns, even though they were not telling the whole truth and nothing but the truth. What about the barely 18 who got pregnant by the musician? What happened to her? This was his idea and his vision and was the epicenter of all of his fantasies. The fact he was an A-list musician in an A-list group made it happen. The band is Led Zeppelin. Album was Houses of the Holy. And the pedophile is Jimmy Page. I don't know much about Led Zeppelin. My, um, I do know my dad was a huge fan for a long time. I don't know if he still is or not. Um, but one of the things I've noticed, and again, you know, I read all of these every single day. Um, it seems like The further back you go, 
into when someone became famous, the the more pedophilic they are. I don't know if it was the times. Um, I know that certainly that's certainly one of the excuses that are that is used a lot with these people. Oh, it was a different time back then. Um, Geraldo used it when defending Harvey Weinstein, I believe. He said, we, you can't flirt at work anymore. Back in the day, you could flirt at work. It was never okay. There were just no repercussions to doing it at work. Um... You know, that's just the harsh light of reality. Um, There's also... um, It just seems like there's so many of these old rockers... Who were sleeping with teenagers. And... I don't understand... Why? I don't understand why no one stepped forward and said, this is not okay. And I, for me, the it was a different time doesn't hold water. You know, it's just one of those things that I'm not going to subscribe to no matter how hard that narrative is pushed on me. And maybe it's maybe it is because I'm from a different generation. I'm sure y'all have lots of thoughts on that, so let me know what you think. But right now, I'm going to take a break, and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. So, this one is called, of course, is from Crazy Days and Nights. And it's called Blind Item Revealed, number 37. He doesn't go there as much as he did in the past. He still owns it through one of his companies. But the building in downtown is primarily inhabited just by squatters and drug users who have no idea that the owner is also one of them and was a frequent guest. The building is an old office building, five stories. In one of the corners of the third floor is a locked door, steel. No one is getting in there except for the owner. It is his personal sanctuary when he is there shooting up with the regulars. It is a place he can escape and enjoy his high without fear of something happening to him. That fear is real. Prior to buying the building, our actor would be with the masses and was repeatedly robbed or beaten up while wasted. He bought the building because he envisioned it as a place where users could go and feel safe. For a long time, he even had a security guard there to make sure people could do their thing without being bothered. Our actor is a former A-plus lister, although he has not been that high in decades. Technically, he is probably no higher than C-list on the acting side of things, but I promise that every single one of you knows who he is. His new girlfriend is really trying to stay close to him and act as a sober coach. Since she has been in his life, the trips to the building are a once-every-other-month thing. There is no longer a security guard, and the place has turned into a dump. Our actor, once known for paying 
for everyone's fix multiple times a day is a forgotten figure with people being replaced by other people and so on. The one thing that remains, though, is that door, impenetrable to the most concerted efforts. It is waiting there for the actor to return, although his actress girlfriend hopes he never does. And so his girl, this is Macaulay Culkin. His girlfriend is Brenda Song. And one of the things that I just really want to say about this, I think it's lovely. I think it's wonderful that she's trying to help him. I really do. But I think there also needs to be something said for, um... A junkie is only ever going to truly quit when they want to. If they want to. Coursing them, forcing them, whatever you want to say, is never going to work. It'll work for a little while. Um, it might work for more time than what you think. But... There's also there's also a lot of um uh there's also a lot of um Backsliding and falling off the wagon because the person doesn't really want to be clean. They're just doing it for someone else. And when they get mad at at that person, they do typically tend to um, fall off the wagon as punishment to that other person. And to show that they still have some control over their lives. So, there's that. I also think that there's... um, I think there's also a component of this um, that a lot of people tend to overlook. And that's... Um, the the other component that I think people overlook a lot of times is that there's no real, um, there's no one way to get off drugs. Everyone's, um, sobering up process is different. I mean, we, you do have Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous and whatnot, but everyone's rock bottom is different. Um, and honestly, Macaulay Culkin... Um, has really avoided the pitfalls. Or, I shouldn't say the pitfalls. He's really... 
I don't think he's ever touched rock bottom. I mean, of course, we're not in his real life, so we don't know. Um, rumor has it that the Mila Kunis breakup really did him in. Um, but, you know, some people are saying, oh, well, he doesn't work anymore. He doesn't this or this, doesn't that. Nobody knows if he even wants, you know, if he wants to continue acting. He made a bunch of money as a kid. Maybe he's okay not working anymore. Or, you know, maybe he's okay not... He's he's okay doing what he's doing. You know, these... Um, I, I forgot what his company is called, but he, you know... He does, like, funny or die type sketches. Maybe that's what he wants to do. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing saying he has to want to move right back into um, movie acting or anything like that. But I do hope he stays clean and sober um, because he wants to. And I'm going to take a break and I'm going to come right back. And I'm back. And I just want to put a disclaimer that this is one of those blind item reveals that, um, unless it made a wave and I just somehow missed it, um, either this is just tied to a conspiracy theory that MT felt like writing about that day, um, or, um, there's going to be a big, um, a, a big-ish story coming out. Um, about, about the subject of this blind. So, here we go. It has long been one of the great mysteries of music. The thing is, it is about to be solved. There have been a string of fairly popular hits in music over the past decade. Nothing to number one or anything, but nice solid charting songs. They all have one thing in common, a mystery songwriter. He is given credit for the songs, but no one has actually done any digging into who he is. Only his lawyer knows his true identity. The writer is someone who went missing two decades ago. He no longer wanted to be on stage. He couldn't handle the pressure to perform and always come up with the group's lyrics. He was going to end up dead if he continued, so he took a decade off, hidden away from the world. When he felt ready to make music, he had a decade's worth of lyrics and set out trying to sell them in music through an attorney. He loves being able to do what he wants to do with no one knowing who it is. I'm sure his family, though, would love to know he is alive. He is foreign-born, and his group was probably A- A-minus at its peak. The answer is Richie Edwards and Manic Street Preachers. Um, first of all, no one seems to actually know who these people are. <laughs> um, so, anything above a C is um, very generous on NT's part. Um, they could be C, or they could be A in their genre, I suppose. Um, but here's the thing, and I, 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 I'm going with the conspiracy theory part of this, um, for one reason and one reason only. 
um, because it's been on my mind. Um, there will be a second celebrity conspiracy episode um, somewhere down the line. Um, I'm kind of pulling together some really good ones that we can talk about. I have I have three of them so far. Um, so so there look forward to that but um there's this thing there's this reflex whenever a celebrity dies that we automatically assume that they fake their death And especially when they're so young, it seems to um, it seems to happen a lot when when they're young. Uh, and I think this is just another example. Uh, and for the record, I when I did some looking, I never seen anything that said Richie Edwards died. Um, I, oh, and uh, let me just correct myself, um, there was a report, um, that came out, um, in, NME that said that um, Richie Edwards may have um, staged his disappearance. Um, but here in 2008, he was declared dead. So I, I like I'm very curious about this. Um, I'm going to look more into the story, um, because to be honest, I just, when I first read this, and I was like, oh, you know, I think it could be interesting at least to talk about conspiracies. None of this had broken yet. So now that we have some that, some news that is broken, um, basically what the story I just read said is that, um, the family had found some evidence that suggested um he didn't he just took off he didn't want to be found he didn't want to be talked to um but no one knows why and if what NT lawyer is saying is true um the pressures of fame were were just too much and that's what I guess that's what I was trying to say with Macaulay Culkin too is you know there, there are um, so many. There are a lot of perks to being famous. There's a lot of perks to being a renowned actor. But there are also quite a few um, drawbacks to being a celebrity. Everyone wants something from you. Um, if you look at Britney, 
she doesn't even get a, a say in her own treatments. You know, she doesn't... She earned almost $250 million and she doesn't get to say, I want a Frappuccino. Someone has to approve that for her. And I think that's where we need to start kind of taking a step back and asking ourselves, what do celebrities really owe us? And as we contemplate that, I'm going to take a break and I'll be right back. And I'm back. So for this reveal, um, it, it was a fill-in-the-blank type thing originally in Anti-Lawyer. Instead of um, listing out the answers like he normally does, he filled them all in um, to complete it. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to read the completed version, and then we'll talk about some of my thoughts on this. So this is, um, of course, from Crazy Days and Nights. And it is blind item reveal number 35. This is what I've been upset about for the past six months. This is what really got to me. I've never felt more betrayed by anyone in my entire life. And I will never forgive them. And I will never forgive myself. I'm jumping back into so many things. I don't have a plan per se. Just getting back to... What I was doing before I was rudely interrupted. To be honest, I was actually approached first last year to revive all that. I asked them if they could please wait a year until I was out of my uh, conservatorship. They said absolutely, but instead went to Keenan behind my back. And that's what actually put me over the edge. I've never felt more betrayed in my entire life by anyone in the world. That will come out soon, though. Instead, all that approached Keenan and asked him to run the show instead. I had to hear about it in the press. They screwed me out of a $2 million project and lied to me. I'm hoping a movement similar to Free Britney will spark some concern with my situation. I have not received a dime dime from my parents in five months, which is highly illegal because it is court-ordered. My mother tried to fight my early release and tried to fight with my doctors to get my discharge annulled. Most of my income comes from a beautiful house that I purchased in 2011. I just do not have direct access to my own money and it's starting to take a toll on me again. My mother is getting ready to have my conservatorship extended far beyond 2020 and she's going to use my recent stay at at the facility as the main reason for the extension. My mother refuses to give me funds for school or daily necessities, but had no issue buying a new home in Linder, Texas with my money. I literally just have one semester to finish, and I will officially be a, a um, FD, FIDM graduate. This is absolutely insane, and something needs to happen. Most things aren't always as they appear. I cannot afford any more negative PR, but I have no other choice. It's been extremely hard to move on and move forward with the limited resources that are being made available to me. I can't even afford the school supplies that I desperately need for my last semester. My mother wants nothing more than to see me fail and I'm scared she might succeed permanently. 
I'm just very upset with what Viacom did to me. I was literally praying for that job with Viacom. I've never prayed so much in my entire life. I just wanted them to wait a year until my conservatorship was over and was free, and I feel I would have looked my best ever considering the amount of work I put into myself and into my talent and craft, plus plus countless hours in the gym, etc., especially knowing that I could have been the face and name of a show that I helped become a huge... Um, a huge success. I literally thought that Viacom would have waited and gave me that opportunity. I was skeptical, but they assured me that they would wait. But instead, I had to hear about it in the press, like most things. I've never wanted anything more in my life. But hey, time is money, I guess. And they wanted to rush something that should have that should definitely not have been rushed. I'm not even sure if Keenan is aware of what they did to me and what we had planned. But I met with Viacom last year, and there are photos of me leaving one of our meetings with them. This was the actual reason for everything. This was what caused me to just sort of give up and felt that I may have needed professional help. It sounded so ridiculous when people were told that it was a stress for my paper photo shoot. Huh? What stress? I love the paper shoot so much, and it was shot over the summer. I just don't understand. Ta. Now, there, <clears throat> there is a bit of controversy because some people don't believe that Amanda Bynes actually writes on the NT or, or, or speaks with him at all. Um, they don't understand why she would, um, among other reasons. Um... And, uh, but here's the thing. I actually do believe that this is Amanda. Um, for, for quite a few reasons. First of all, she needs an outlet to get her story out. Um, she's not going to go with Press Hilton. Um... Because Prez is a little shaky at best and is known for being a bully. Yes, I know he's trying to reshape his image, but it's a little too late for that now. Um, Plus, she wouldn't be able to hide... Um, behind an anonymous wall. Um, blind gossip is not as well known as, um, Crazy Days and Nights, um, which is one of the things that I think people don't realize. Crazy Days and Nights, um, before they turn into an all blinds all the time, used to actually be a really, truly high-profile gossip site, like traditional gossip site. And, um, And then 
at some point he just switched over to a mix of blinds and a mix of blinds and, and blind item reveals. Um, but the big ones are, the big blind item reveals still happen on the 4th of July and New Year's Day. So, um, I, I totally see why she would go talk to him, honestly. And, you know, a lot of times what'll happen with a Crazy Days and Night story is that it'll start to seep into the mainstream press. Um, they do a little bit more due diligence. But, um, the, the stories do start to seep out there. And you know what else? I'm going to seep out and take a break. And I'll be right back. And I'm back. And this one is called Blind Item Reveal Number 34. I know they thought they got away with it when they threw that longtime A-list celebrity in his country under the bus after his death. With planned leaks and a parade of victims, they raised a toast with a bottle of wine that cost 25k. While they watched child porn they had filmed and collected. Most of it they had filmed. One is a foreign-born, permanent A-list musician who has briefly touched the third rail of child porn, but got away with his lame excuse because of his fame. The other, a foreign-born, permanent A-list socialite type who has been in the space before because of his banishment from multiple countries for similar offenses. Not so much child porn. Authorities and law enforcement wouldn't call it that because of the international incident it would create. It is, a, it is what it is, of course. Tweens and teens being forced into sex acts with the men while they were filmed. The men obscured either with mask or not shown at all. Their voices altered. Our socialite type would buy up by the tweens and teens while, they, while the dead celebrity and the musician used their fame to attract underage groupies who then would be put through 10, 10 minutes to 10 hours of sex and filming in as many situations as possible, all the while being filmed, usually with the celebrities. It was unknown while filming. It was unknown filming, excuse me. With our social aid type, the victims all knew they were being filmed and what would happen if they protested. Now, with some recent court filings... Some of the socialite type's actions are coming to light. And he will make sure to take down as many people as possible if needed. He knows because of his stature he is safe. This would not be true for any of the others. Um, the answer are, answers are Jeffrey Epstein, uh, Jimmy Seville, Pete Townsend, and Prince Andrew. And it is crazy, just absolutely crazy, how mixed up Prince Andrew was with Epstein. And I I do agree that the only reason why he gets away with it is because of his title. If he was not... A member of the royal family. 
he would have either been suicided or imprisoned long, long ago. Um, blind Gossip had a very similar blind uh, last week. Um, it was called I'll Come Over and Liar, I believe. Um, and basically, that item revolved around a picture that was being sold um, to a tabloid. And it, it featured Epstein, Prince Andrew, and Donald Trump. Somehow, it, for the record, I'm not saying Trump um, should... Trump should be dragged into all of this. But... Given his connection to Epstein and... How frequently they were photographed together... It is very amazing to me... That Trump has, for the most part... Avoided any kind of scandal. Um... Now, I think it's true that while he, while Donald Trump is a sexual predator and assaulter, I don't believe he goes after the young girls. I believe that he is attracted to um, women who are of age, at the very least. Because if you look at, his, at any of his ex-wives, they're, they're fairly age-appropriate. Maybe a little bit younger. Um, I think Melania is the youngest and she's 40. So I, I suppose you could argue that that's not really age appropriate. But given, given um, what we've seen with the Epstein case, I, I definitely do think that he, I, I don't want to say he should be praised, but it, it, it's kind of a given that he's, he's probably not with, with the youngins. Um, or I should say the, the underage. And I'm going to be writing a piece soon. Um, because there is something that really bothers me. In almost every case, um, with the Epstein case, with the um, Bill Cosby case, um, even a little bit with the Ryan Adams case, there is this tendency... For people to say they had non-consensual sex. No, they didn't. They, the victim was raped. The perpetrator raped somebody. They didn't have non-consensual sex. That's not a thing. And I've said it before on the show and I'll say it again. Non-consensual sex is not sex. It is rape. Period. 
that's just like your boss walking up to you and saying we're not paying you for today this was you you volunteer your time just because your boss says you volunteered your time doesn't mean you actually did you went in probably expecting to get paid for for it so why are we excusing these men having sex raping these girls and calling it having sex because that's not what it is and I'm going to get off my high horse and I'll be right back and I'm back and for our final segment today I found an old Hollywood item and y'all know how much I love those So, of course, this is Crazy Days and Nights. It is called Blind Item Revealed, number 38, Old Hollywood. Not too long ago, a studio changed hands. A long-established studio with a library dating back to the studio system years of Old Hollywood. Several archivists were brought in to see if anything could be found that was uncatalogued and to make sure everything was catalogued correctly. Sporadically, they found new films or different versions of films. They found some interesting clips taken from behind the scenes of several movies shot by an A-plus list director that are actually being turned into a documentary. One of the most interesting finds was of a movie that people knew existed at one point, but was always assumed to have been destroyed. It starred a permanent A-list, mostly movie actress, who was almost as well-known after her death as she was during her death. All of you know who she is. She has always been at the top of the list of old Hollywood scandals. My favorite is the dumping of the secret husband because she was not allowed to be married and be an actress at the same time. Prior to her hitting a big while she was with her secret husband, the actress was introduced to some friends of the husband. Her husband was also in the entertainment industry, but in a different capacity. He had run into some guys who were producing a movie and thought our actress would be wonderful for it. The husband talked her into it, and our actress made what would today would be soft porn, but back then was something which would get her immediately fired from the studio and never get a chance to work for another. This was especially true when her main rival, who was having sex with the studio head, would ha- would love to see the actress out the door. Anyway, the studio did not find out about the movie. How? The producers made it specifically thinking the actress would be a big star and held on to it until she was A-list. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, the studio did find out about the movie. How? The studio, the producers made it specifically thinking the actress would be a big star and held on to it until she was A-list. They threatened to release it unless the studio coughed up some money. About one million in today's dollars. The studio paid the ransom 
And supposedly the film was destroyed. The archivists found it, though. Like I said, it is tamed by today's standard. And the thought is they might try to release the movie to a classic cable channel. The studio is MGM, permanent A-list mostly movie actress Joan Crawford, movie Velvet Lips, secret husband James Bolton, main rival Norma Shearer, and studio head Irving Thalberg. I... I've read this line multiple times, and I'm always really shocked that Norma, that Norma is named her main rival and not Betty Davis. Because um, Betty Davis and and Joan Crawford hated one another, um, so I don't really know what happened there. Um, but, um, there is, there is, uh, there has always been talk, I should say, of, um, Joan having made a porn. Um, it was never, at least in, as far as I remember, in any of the biographies I've read on her, um, there was never any connection between Joan being married to James Walton and the porn. Um, even in Feud, when they hinted that she may have made it, it was always more because she was, she was, her career was on the downswing and she really needed a cash infusion. So I'm very, very confused as to, um, her husband's role in all of this. Um, you know, there's also the fact that um, and Feud was also kind of intimidated that um, she did it because her family was broke. And that, I do remember that being part of it. Like, she, she made the movie um, to send money back, back home because um, her mother, I believe it was her mother, was very ill. And no one was, no one was giving them any kind of assistance. But, you know, one way or the other, um, that, that sort of thing always tends to come out. Um... So, I, I'm also kind of wondering what he means by today's standards. It would be softcore porn because, um, you know, the movies that are considered softcore porn now were triple X back in the day. Um, you know, 
you see the guy's erect cock now. Uh, you, um, you see them eating pussy. Um, you you see cock getting sucked. So, um, I, you you kind of see penetration, but not not like a real porn movie. Um, so, if that's the case, that would, it would have been detrimental. She would have been, um, her career would not have only been obliterated, uh, but she probably would have, um, she probably, Joan Crawford probably would have been reduced to making porn for the rest of her life. And obviously there's fairly good money in it. Um, people like Jenna Jameson, um, James Dean, um, they, they always seem to make some decent money. You like, they become millionaires. But I don't know that her diva, her diva antics would have flown um, they barely flew on traditional movie sets. So I can only imagine what would have happened on a movie set that was, um, that had hormones racing. But that's going to do it for me for today. Thank you all so much for listening as always. And until next time, cheers. Cheers.